0: the Soccer Talk Discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, my name is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and today's episode is fully dedicated to the life and career of none other than the GOAT himself of soccer, ladies and gentlemen, I am talking about Pele. I want to be extremely honest with you folks. The moment I saw that we had lost Pele, I was completely devastated. And the truth of the matter is, when I found out that Pele had passed away, I had just got done eating lunch and I was getting ready to go to work. And I'll be honest, all of a sudden, because here I was, I was eating at a restaurant in the bar, watching TV at the same time, then all of a sudden I look up. And then ESPN has a headline saying that breaking news saying that Pele had passed away at the age of 82. Then all of a sudden the flood, my, my phone starts flooding in. I get the notification from ESPN. Get notification from Gold.com. You know it's all over the place. It's trending on Twitter. I mean everything. I mean Pele became the number one trend in all forms of social media, and basically was the headline basically in all stories. You know from, from newspapers. I mean. Sometimes even even websites and newspapers and news sources that even cover sports. I mean, Pele basically became the top story in many, many sources. And honestly, it should not come as a surprise because Pele was not just a huge major influence in soccer and in sports overall. Pele was a huge influence in the name of hard work and succeeding in life. When Pele passed away, I'll be honest... The tears started rolling down my face. It was hard just to cover them. And when I was at the restaurant, it was definitely... A lot of people, you could tell, they did not follow soccer. So no one really kind of noticed. Or, I mean, some people probably noticed on the TV. But they probably didn't care, but I did. Because when you think of the name Pele... You think of how many players we would not have in the sport over the decades if it wasn't for Pele. I mean, Pele... Regarded as one of the greatest players of all times, right? But to me, he's not one of the greatest players of all time. He is the greatest player of all time. He is the GOAT, okay? Of course, among one of the most successful... Influences and very important sports figures of the 20th century, alongside Muhammad Ali and numerous other names. I mean, Pele was a huge influence in life itself. The number of accomplishments throughout the decades is just absolutely endless, endless, excuse me, and it's absolutely incredible. I mean, in the year 2000, when he was voted World Player of the Century, huh, you know, at one point, even, you know, FIFA player of the century. And, you know, the I think, you know, the, I mean, the career goals, I've looked at numerous sources. You know, one source said that he scored 1,279 goals in a total of 1,363 games. Another one said that he scored 1,281 goals. I mean, I, I don't even know exactly. Like, I, I, sometimes I myself do we even know exactly how many goals Pele scored in his career, you know, through international soccer, through uh, club soccer, uh, you know, even whether it's uh, exhibition games, you know, competitive games. I mean, we don't know exactly how many goals he scored, which also includes exhibitions. But what we do know is that he has the record and it's, believe it or not, it is actually recognized as a Guinness World Record. Now that, ladies and gentlemen, that is an accomplishment right there. (laughs) You know... I would say that to go through Pele's accomplishments, it would take all freaking day, but I'm going to do the best to, to mention all the ones that I can because, again, this episode is fully dedicated to the life and career and the loving memory of Ensen Arantes do Nascimento, of course, monomously known as Pele. Oh, boy, I mean... Started playing for the club, you know, his lifelong club Santos. He was only 15 years old, and he made his debut for the Brazilian national team at the age of 16. 16. I mean, could you imagine starting a career at such a young age and then immediately being skyrocketed to success? Pelé going on to win not one, not two, but three FIFA World Cups in 1958 1962 and 1970 to this day he remains as the only player to have won three world cups there is a reason why he was nicknamed ore which means the king after the 1958 fifa world cup tournament you know from all the accomplishments 77 goals in 92 games for the brazilian national team right now that places him as the joint top scorer because recently neymar uh, tied that record And at the club level, he's still, I believe to this day, Santos' all-time goal scorer. During his time with Santos, 643 goals in 659 games. Ladies and gentlemen, let me say that one more time. At the club level, Pele scored 643 goals in 659 appearances. Now that, ladies and gentlemen, is incredible. And I do say incredible. I mean, according to my research, I think, you know, to the time with Santos, you know, won two Copa Libertadores in 62 and 63 and did win uh, also the Intercontinental Cups also for those two specific years. But, man, it's just, you know, unbelievable i mean his style of play i mean it all just absolutely spoke simply for itself okay i mean the fact that he, we basically see him he's basically the one that created you know the beautiful game you know he was beyond a prolific goal scorer i mean the abilities the talent the skills it all speaks for itself uh, ladies and gentlemen i encourage you go on youtube Watch the videos of Pele back in the day. You will be absolutely astonished. It is absolutely mesmerizing. It is so freaking cool. It's unique that you really seem to have an urge that if you had a chance, if you had a time machine and you could go back in time and watch Pele, you would actually feel compelled to do it. I know I would. So maybe one day. One day, now I'm sounding a little bit silly. So if one day, of course, if we have access to a time machine, and if I do, okay, I'm going to invite Steve, my good friend and my mentor, Mr. Steve Adams. I'm going to invite David Scabin from Canada, and of course, the fiercely opinion, Mr. Josh McSwain. we were all going to go into my time machine, and we're all going to go back in time and watch Pele play. <laughs> I mean, that's just how compelled you are to actually want to see Pele play You want to see it for yourself. like You want to see it with your own eyes. And I'm not talking about through videos on YouTube or gaming highlights or tape. You want to see it in person. I mean, the speed, the technical skills, the physical power, the athleticism, the stamina, the technique, the agility, the skills through passing, through dribbling, through kicking the ball, literally single-handedly dissecting opposing defenses on his own. Ladies and gentlemen, Pele's skills, there will never, ever, ever be a player who will ever match to Pele's level. There will never, ever be a player that will ever be better than how Pele was in his day. And that, ladies and gentlemen, I can assure you of that. I mean, Pele's legacy, again, extremely successful, was one of the most popular sports figures and most influential sports figures of the 20th century. But I'm going to take it beyond that. Pele wasn't just one of the most influential and popular sports figures of the 20th century. In my honest opinion, and I think all soccer fans will agree with this, Pele's legacy and influence as a popular sports figure will be remembered forever. Not just going to be throughout the 20th century. It's going to be up through this century. The legacy will make an impact and be influential for the rest of eternity. Huh. I mean... (laughs) See, now this is where I'm really just, you know, kind of losing my focus, and now I'm start, I'm really starting to get, you know, extremely emotional like I was because it's just so sad that sometimes, I mean, look, even though it was completely out of my control that I never got to see Pele play, you know, I know that my good friend and my, and my mentor, Mr. Steve Adams, I think he's probably told me a few times that when Pele was playing with the New York Cosmos, and we'll get to that in a little bit, you know... Sometimes, I mean, yeah, I still, there's highlights on YouTube. But still, like, sometimes, like, you, the highlights on YouTube just doesn't satisfy that that hunger of wanting to watch Pele play, like, with your own eyes. It doesn't. Like, you want to just go there and, and be there and have that feeling, say, I was there. So, man. Ugh, boy. So, that, the style of play. So, you know, going a, a little bit with this career, you know. He'll you know, play for Santos. You know, I I think made his debut, of course, in 1956, and you know, I think that that's believe it or not, Santos was not actually his youth career. According to my research, his youth career, and I might butcher this. He played there from 53 to 56. Was Bauru. and if, if I uh, if I butcher the name, uh, I deeply apologize. I don't want my Brazilian followers to feel offended. I don't mean to butcher anything. It's sometimes these things. Uh, these names are very hard to. Uh, pronounce so I deeply apologize if, if I butcher the name but you know played with Santos I believe you know at first you know he definitely had a tryout and of course uh you know I, I think basically you know somebody I don't I forget who it was but Pele was actually accompanied uh to a tryout for Santos FC and the person who accompanied told the uh, the, the directors of the club that this 15 year old would be quote the greatest football player in the world so so not surprisingly, during the trial, Pele made an absolute impact. And just like that, he was signed to a contract. So, you know, the, even the local the local media, you know, seriously depicted him as a future superstar. I mean, Pele had the potential from such a young age, and Pele wasted no time in living up to all that potential. I mean, to say that Pele overachieved, now that is an understatement, okay? Okay. So, when, and then, so then around the time, I mean, it, I mean, it did not take long for him to actually gain the attention of many European giants, like those huge European clubs, because, you, you see, a lot of people have said, and, and ladies and gentlemen, I assure you, this is no soccer exaggeration. This is no exaggeration, period. A lot of people have said that the reason why Pele never played in Europe is because no team was interested in him. Now, that, ladies and gentlemen, is an out, uh, an atrocious and repulsive or repugnant lie. To say that no club was interested in Pele, that is completely ridiculous. It's a flat out lie. It is bullshit. Numerous clubs wanted Pele, and they did everything, and I do mean everything in their power to be able to sign the guy, but none of it worked. Okay? You know, this came after the 1962 World Cup when Brazil won it, you know, won the title in 58 and retained it 4 years later. Okay? I mean, Pele is still very young but just a goal-scoring machine. It doesn't surprise me that Real Madrid, Juventus and Manchester United wanted him and they did everything they could, but no, they just couldn't nobody they just could not do it. You know, from what I understand in 1958 Inter Milan attempted to get him, but This is, okay, now this is according to research. Now, this might sound like a bit of an exaggeration. Now, Angelo Moratti, who was an uh, an Italian oil tycoon, and he owned Inter Milan from 1955 to 1968. So in 1958, when Inter Milan actually had a contract prepared for him, from what I understand, Angelo Moratti had to actually terminate the contract at the request of the chairman of Santos because there was a fear of a revolt by the Brazilian fans of Santos. I mean, yeah, the the fan base of the Santos club certainly would have been absolutely irate, but I think it's beyond that because it, it's also in the reason why he never played in Europe. Now, for a long time, Brazil was a military dictatorship. Now, this might sound like it's a bit of an exaggeration, but I, I mean, now, Pele said that he had he, he had no desire no intention of leaving santos or leaving his his um his home country which i can understand from a personal perspective i mean he loved santos he loved you know playing for the club he was loyal to the club loyal to the fan base i understand you know loyal to his country despite i'm sure the you know despite you know some of the political pressure you know and everything being living in that dictatorship i understand you know pele was loyal to his country loved his country you know try to I'm sure that, you know, part of me says I'm sure that he would have done everything in his power to keep the politics out of sports so he can just play the game and, you know, do what he loves to do. But, you know, because from what I understand, Pele, you know, again, you know, and and I have this by gold.com and it it provides a further explanation as to why Pele never played in Europe. But again, you know, you know, it's absolutely ludicrous when somebody says that no club, no club in Europe was interested in the guy because, had that been the case, if it had been true that no club was interested, I mean, those clubs were just committing some kind of bullshit, uh, some some sort of bullshit uh, strategy. I mean, you know, based on how Pele was, I mean, how could a European club not want him? Of course, these, these wealthy European giants were willing to spend the money. They were willing to invest in the guy because, you know, Pele, you know, definitely would have been invested. That would have made a huge impact, you know, as far as uh, PR-wise and, you know, and financially as well. So... So I'm sure there's a lot of reasons. Now, again, you know, of course, uh, we're reminded with Gold.com, you know, when Inter Milan tried to, and but you know, they had they basically he didn't want to leave Brazil. So, but honestly, you know, um, according to one source, you know, because you know, in 1961, the Brazilian government, you know, with the president with the president uh, Quadros, and again, I hope I said that correctly. I believe you know he basically declared Bale as a quote official national treasure, and basically the the government prevented him from being transferred out of the country. So, and this was in 1961. Now, if if this now I don't know if it's correct or wrong. I mean, this is just from research. I mean, some of these sources could you know could be very well exaggerating this kind of stuff. But, <coughs> but but quite frankly, I mean. There's just no doubt in everybody's mind that numerous European clubs tried to get him. I think Nap- Napoli even tried to uh, get him, and you know Valencia in Spain, uh, I-, I think, even tried to get him. I mean, it's no surprise that at least half a dozen clubs wanted Pele, and they tried to, but unfortunately, it-, 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 it just couldn't it couldn't work out. Now, whether or not Pele himself turned down the opportunities, whether the Brazilian government prevented these moves from happening, I mean. I don't think we'll ever know exactly what the main reasons were, but again, in in Pele's case, when he basically said that he just simply wanted to stay home and stay with Santos because he was happy there, I respect that. Do I agree with the move? I mean, at the end of the day, it does not matter whether I agree with 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 Pele's decision because you know, because you know, back then, you know, of course, you know, with with the the political with the dictatorship of Brazil, you know, one source said that you know, well. Basically, when we talk about the 1970 World Cup, this will certainly be worth mentioning. But, but I also believe that Pele's decision to stay was also because of political pressure. Now, being in that dictatorship, now if the government, now if the government, you know, prevents the the transfer move, and you know, and you kind of oppose that, you know, who knows? I mean, you probably be in, in prison and tortured by the by the dictatorship, you know, for you know for being defiant. So. But again, there's there's a lot of uh, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons why Pele never played. But the two main ones I know that that one the Brazilian government prevented prevented these transfers from happening, and number two was that Pe- Pele just you know just just honestly just wanted to stay home. I mean, according to Goal.com, we'll never forget when when um, when Cristiano Ronaldo was actually uh, uh, bought by Juventus. Pele actually posted a, a post on Instagram saying, and I quote. Good luck, Cristiano, for your first game with Juve. Had things worked out differently, I may have played for the old lady too. Over dinner, one meeting in 1961, the owner of Fiat offered the president of Santos FC a million dollars to sign me. I only played in these stripes, though. So... Now, this is telling me something different. like Because Pele says, had things worked out differently, so... I think, honestly, so... So now we're, we're kind of seeing a different side, so maybe... Pele certainly—I mean, you see—now you're telling me. So maybe Pele wanted, had an, an interest in playing in Europe, but maybe the political—maybe pre- the the political—maybe the politics prevented it. So there's a lot of theories surrounding as to why Pele never played in Europe. And as I want to wrap up this little part up because I don't want to get stuck in the in the in the political pressure part, you know. But you know, a lot of sources have said that Pele just. Simply did not want to play in Europe and opted to stay home and play for Santos because he loved the club and he was loyal to the club, which I, which which I believe and I understand. Number two, he wanted to play in Europe, but the Brazilian government prevented it from happening. Whether it was the government or not, or maybe political pressures from the government, you know, prevented from happening, or maybe the club could not accept such a transfer because they feared, you know, retaliation from the fan base. So. So basically, whether it's political pressure, pressure from the fan base—I mean, or you know, Pele just making a, his own personal decisions—you know—to staying to staying at home, we'll never know. I mean, Pelé, according to this, in two thousand sixteen, Pele actually revealed that he turned down Napoli, Manchester United, and Real Madrid. Okay, and this is where it says that he explained why he wanted to stay in Brazil and not go to Europe. So the quote, and I quote. There were many times when I was very close to signing with Real Madrid and then once more with Napoli in Italy. And he told this to USA Today. And he continues, those weren't the only two clubs, though. Juventus and Manchester United were also among those to try and and pry Pelé out of Brazil. But they all failed. It's not a regret. I was at Santos, and at the time, I was very happy. So... Um, excuse me, I, I, I misquoted. I was at Santos, and at the time they were a powerhouse. Unquote. So I mean, yeah, Santos was definitely, I would imagine, the best club in Brazil, and arguably maybe the best club in all of South America. I mean, again, I, I really don't know too much about Santos. I uh, again, I mean, you think of Santos, you think of Pele from back in the day, but. You know again you see now this is why and remember now Pele always referred to referred to himself in third person so <laughs> I actually researched that as well I mean I, I didn't just say that Pele referred to himself in third person I, I was this is this actually just came out of nowhere I just it just caught my eye but but basically the, the, there's just so many there's just so many theories but now this is where we get to the fact that when he left Brazil in 1975 to actually play 3 years in the United States so of course, you know he. You know, basically, I think by that time he was he was semi-retired. I think he, he basically went on about I think around six months without playing. Now now when now when he left in 1975 to sign with the New York Cosmos, you know Pele at that at that point was 34 years old. So some would say that he was definitely past his prime, or maybe he still had some left in him. But obviously, he couldn't offer what he used to because of his age. But you know, when he signed a 3-year deal and I think that the deal was worth, you know, 2.8 million dollars. Now, 2.8 a 2.8 million dollar contract in 1975, that ladies and gentlemen is a lot of money. Huh. To make close to 3 million dollars in the 1970s. Huh, now, that right there is the best job in the world. I mean, that's the best salary to have. So, and that actually made him the highest-paid athlete in the world at that time. So in three years, you know, he scored about 37 goals. I believe it was in about 64 appearances. So and and, and coincidentally, his final his final game, you know, in, in with a club, you know, he for the Cosmos, he played against Santos. Huh. What are the odds? You know, sometimes I ask myself, was this personally arranged? You know. Pele playing his last game in his career and, and somehow they they managed to organize it to make sure that it's gonna be against Santos I mean just who the hell knows huh. I'm sure they would have they would have I mean I, I, at the end of the day personally I don't I don't even know what to say but oh boy oh boy oh boy oh boy you know, you know. According to this, look in 1969, we the, during the Nigerian Civil War. I mean, there was a, the Nigerian Civil War was going on man, A 48-hour ceasefire because they want to watch Pele play an, an exhibition game in Lagos, Nigeria. Wow. Huh. You know, Santos was actually playing an exhibition game against a Nigerian club known as Stationary Stores FC, and Pele scored twice. How the game ended up in a two-to-two draw, but. Huh a 48 hour ceasefire in a civil war because pele was was going to appear with this club and play an exhibition game against a nigerian club so l- let me get this straight in 1969 there's a nigerian civil war going on and because pele's club santos is to play an exhibition game against, against a nigerian club in the nigerian capital of lagos i believe i believe lagos is the capital a 48 hour ceasefire is made just so they can watch pele play i mean <laughs> I mean, look at that! Look at that! <sighs> wow! So after the nineteen seventy four season, I believe this was this was about I think his nineteenth season with Santos. You know, during that time, I, I think Pele. You now, according to sources, Pele has supposedly actually announced a retirement. Although it, I think he basically, had, I think he had announced at first, I think a, a retirement from international football. I'm not sure, but you know, the sources. A lot of sources have said the different things, so this whole thing is is conflicted. So, so I I think basically he was semi retired, and then uh, and then he was convinced to sign you know, with the New York Cosmos. You know, of course at the time it was the North American Soccer League. You know, the NASL. It went on from nineteen sixty eight, and I, I think uh, the NA, the NASL. You know, I learned this from Steve. I believe when when I visited Steve back in 2019, when Steve told me a little bit of the history of it, you know how would the uh, the North American Soccer League actually shut down in 1984. Now some say, of course, after when uh, Pele left the New York Cosmos, I mean the Cosmos, I mean the, the the attendance records, the sales, and everything just dropped like a freaking rock, which makes which makes sense. I mean, of course, when when the international the, the greatest athlete in the world you know leaves the club and retires, I mean, of course, nobody's interested anymore because you know Pele. You know Pele was an attraction. You know, he he drew he he drew revenue. He drew profits from ticket sales. I mean, it's Pele. I mean, it would be a, it was a dream come true to go see him play in person. I mean, just imagine if you in life can actually proudly say I watched, I sat, I was there when Pele played. I was there. I was there. Huh. So, man, so he so he signed you know uh, before the uh, 1975 season. Now I I think the the press conference where he was officially introduced was at the uh, the 21 Club in New York City, you know. So they unveiled him and then basically uh, like that. I, I think you know there was a story about how one time he made a he made a public appearance in Boston and, and then a crowd of fans just surrounded him and he and in the chaos he got injured and had to actually be taken on a stretcher. I mean man, oh boy. So you know I think during the time when he was when he was actually playing for the Cosmos you know I, I believe uh, uh, uh Franz Beckenbauer actually you know f- was actually there as well and I think uh an Italian uh player as well um uh Giorgio uh, Canaglia also was there as well and I believe you know Carlos Al- Carlos Alberto who was actually a uh, Pele's teammate with Santos and I believe in International Duty as well you know they were there as well so I mean so you know of course uh Johan Cruyff and Eusebio, I mean the, the Dutch superstar uh, Johan Cru- uh, Cruyff, and I hope again if I butchered it, I'm sorry. You know Johan Cruyff, who, who won the Ballon d'Or three times in 71, 73, and 74. Eusebio was there as well. I mean the, the New York Cosmos, basically, basically, I would say they were the ultimate team, the ultimate super team. So, <laughs> oh boy, so. And then in '77, uh, Pele actually led the Cosmos to the '77 Soccer Bowl, and, and then I, I believe after that, you know, uh, that's after that he, he he did retire. So it was actually the championship final. You know, the New York Cosmos took on the Seattle the Seattle um, Sounders. So um, you know, going for, for the little research of the club, I'm not sure exactly uh, who actually won that game. I'd imagine the New York Cosmos did, but. But right now, you know, looking at all these attendance records set at you know, the Stadium, you know, when the Cosmos were playing, I mean, that's just something totally that can't be ignored. Yes, the New York Cosmos actually did win the game. It was August twenty eighth, uh, 1977. The game actually took place in Portland, Oregon. So the New York Cosmos actually won 2-1. to one. So this actually didn't, didn't actually research it earlier now. And the Cosmos, Pele was in the starting lineup, but actually did not score a goal. So... Look, like, like right there, you know, look at the starting lineup. You know, Carlos Alberto, Franz Beckenbauer, Pele, Giorgio Kinaligia, Steve Hunt from, from England. Man. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> well, that, well, definitely a game. I mean, even though Pele didn't, you know, Pele wasn't the starting lineup, but didn't, didn't actually find the, the back of the net, still a goal that you definitely want to go back and, t- definitely a game that you want to go back in time and uh, witness it on hand. So... So now moving forward, you know, I still got to cover you know a little bit of the international days. So, so after that, uh, in you know, it says that in June, you know, when, when the Cosmos attract uh, an NA, an NASL record of, of a little over sixty-two thousand fa- fans at Giant Stadium when uh, the Cosmos uh, earned a 3 0 win over over Tampa Bay, you know, and Pele actually scored a hat trick that day. So, and you know, thirty-seven years old and scoring a hat trick. So, but you know, it, it, not long after, you know. A record of of nearly seventy eight thousand people were there when when the Cosmos had an eight to three win over a team known as the Fort Lauderdale Strikers, which was also a giant stadium. So, and I'm telling you, the Cosmos. I mean, they were attracting a huge crowd. I mean, p- again, people wanted to go see Pele play. So, Pele finished out his career. Now, his final game was uh you know uh, f- official game with the Cosmos was the twenty eighth of August in seventy seven and they won their second bowl title again in that win against over Seattle so his final his actually final official game was actually in October of 77 as i mentioned earlier it was an exhibition game between the cosmos and santos so now i'm pretty convinced that because it was an exhibition it was definitely organized but i can honestly say this was this was actually the best way to end it why not play an exhibition game against your former club and it's an exhibition basically you know, I would have said this game definitely be be competitive, but no, have fun, have fun. I mean, of course the crowd was sold out, and believe it or not, the game was televised on ABC. According to this, I mean, Pele's dad, his wife was there. Muhammad Ali was there too. Huh. I mean, huh. you know, Muhammad he uh, Pele, Muhammad Ali, two of the biggest influences in not only sports but in life itself in the 20th century. But like I said. Their, their, their legacies are going to impact, you know, society and life for, forever. So, you know, in that game, uh, the Cosmos actually got the win. And and Pele actually scored it on a, on a free kick for the Cosmos, which I, which I believe was like 30 yards. <laughs> but, man. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll, we'll all be damn you see, see, I have all these sources opened up right here. And during the game, in the second half, it started to rain. And... And as a result, a Brazilian newspaper came up with the perfect headline the next day. Even the sky was crying. Because Pele was playing his final game in his career, and it started raining. (laughs) Tears from heaven. So I can honestly say that even God himself was so overjoyed and so happy that even he shed tears of pure joy. You know, I I should have mentioned this. Now, according to these notes, in 1975... Before the Civil War in Lebanon actually took place, Pele played actually an, a friendly exhibition game for a Lebanese club. Huh. He scored two goals, but uh, those goals were actually not included in his official tally. So I think that's why one source said 1,279, while the other said 1,281, because two goals were not officially put in his tally. So, okay, that makes sense. Okay. So, okay. That, that, okay, so I, I guess that was the case. So so what a, what a freaking... What a freaking domestic club, man. You know, seeing all these pictures, I mean, he. Uh, you know, there's a picture of him in 1973. You know, right before he, two years before he joined the Cosmos, here's a picture of him signing a football for uh, President Richard Nixon in the White House. So, man, you know, I, no, I, and I'll mention this, you know, when I talk about the international friendly, you know, that military dictatorship for, uh, for Brazil, I believe, you know, if I'm correct, now I don't. Now I don't mean to actually bring up the politics even more, but for, I don't know if it's true or not. But that got, that Brazilian government, that Brazilian uh, dictatorship, was actually supported by the United States. Now, honestly, in my case, what do I have to say about it? I mean, I don't know. I mean, the military dictatorship, according to my research, was established on April 1st of 1964, after Brazilian armed forces uh, under um, Undertook a coup d'état, and this, and according to this, yeah, it was there was there was support from the United States government, and the government lasted a little over twenty years. I think it ended, it it folded in March of 1985. So, so, so of course, so of course, if it took place in 1964, I mean, now, of course, now Nixon was not president in 1964, but you know, if the if if the uh, if the dictatorship lasted this long, the whole time it was... support. I mean, I don't know if the dictatorship itself was was fully backed by the United States or if it was the coup d'etat itself that was uh, supported by the United States government. I mean, I'd imagine the United States government supported the coup d'etat itself and the dictatorship itself. But then again, you know, of course, you know, once again, you know, a lot of things, you know, with the, Uni- the United States getting involved in, you know, in uh, unneeded foreign affairs, I mean... <laughs> Again, I, 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 again, I don't want to get too political, but then again, yeah, another United States, you know, another habit of the time of getting involved in uh, in affairs that we probably had no business being involved in. But uh, you know, what do I know? You know, I don't, I don't, don't really want to get too much involved in the politics. But you know, although it did say in 1970 when Pele was uh, was investigated uh, by the Brazilian military dictatorship for, I think, I mean. I'm sure there's a lot of reasons, but I'm sure, you know, if he was reportedly investigated by the dictatorship, I'd imagine because maybe he was part of the of alliance to, you know, uh, who, that opposed it. I mean, I'd imagine that, of course, when it comes to a military dictatorship, I mean, if you cross it or you oppose it, of course, you know, they're not going to take kindly to it. But anyway, you know, then I'll never forget reading in 1976 when Pele was actually on a trip in Nigeria, you know, now... We talk about the Nigerian Civil War, you know that that thing took place in sixty. Uh, I, I, I forgot when it was, but um, so all of a sudden, you know, he was once again, you know, out there. Now, uh, kind of looking back at my notes, uh, uh boy, really should have. Uh, it, it was actually it was in sixty nine. It was actually in sixty nine, uh, not sixty four, when that you know that whole thing earlier, but in seventy six, you know, not long after. Now. There was actually another attempted uh, military coup that was taking place, and and Pele was on a on a trip. I think that, I think it was like something to do with with Pepsi. According to the notes, it was a sponsored trip. So basically, so all of a sudden, uh, an, an attempted military coup attempt takes place, and Pele ended up getting trapped in a, in, a, in a hotel. And uh, man, I, I think d- d- during that time, you know, um, several other, he was trapped in a hotel with several uh, other tennis players. So now. I don't know exactly how, how, how that turned out, but um, it says here that, man, he that he left the country disguised as a pilot. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> now, Pele did have a bit of involvement in politics. Now, according to this, um, in June of 2013, uh, there was, like, those protests in Brazil, I think— Pelé asked the people to, you know, to forget the demonstrations and you know and support the Brazilian national team. Basically, Pelé I, I think was telling the people, you know, don't worry about the, you know, forget about the politics, you know, let's focus on soccer. You know, in June and of course in June of last year, reports said that Pelé actually sent a letter to uh, Vladimir Putin which was on his uh, I think a message through his Instagram to like, you know, making a plea about the whole thing with the invasion of Ukraine. I mean, uh Pele obviously, you know, would express his thoughts. You know, I mean, Pele was basically... All, I mean, you could talk about all the politics itself, whether you agree with his views or not. You know, that that same year in 2013, there was a story that he was criticized for having, I think, conservative views. But, you know, you know, this is what I say. Like, like forget about the politics. I mean, for me, I, I don't think Pele himself was focused on politics himself. I mean, Pele, much like me, all he wanted really was just for the world to be a nice and safe place. So... It wasn't really about making political statements. It was just about basically making the world a better place. So, man. So anyway, uh, kind of going through uh, you know his uh, whole uh, domestic career and a little bit of uh, his invol, a little bit of uh, I-, I should say uh, inadvertent involvement in politics. You know, you know in 1986 uh, another picture. Now he's, he was visiting the White House in September of '86, and you know, pictured with. Uh, President Ronald Reagan and the Brazilian uh, President uh, Jose Sarni, at the time. So, you know everything he did after football. But before I, I, go, I go into this, you know, definitely want to take a look at you know his uh, time, you know, representing Brazil, which I already you know spoke about. You know, winning the World Cup in 1958 was the youngest player to play in a World Cup final match. You know, he was 17 years and 249 days old. Scored a brace in the final. You know, became was the youngest. You know, was the first teenager to score in a World Cup final. And then in 2018, when, when Kylian Mbappe became the second teenager to score in a World Cup final and like that. So, man. <sighs> well, then, of course, you know, 62, uh, you know, he was, he was basically considered the best player in the world. And 62, Bra- Brazil did, in fact, um, retain the title. Now, in 1966, I mean, now that way, I mean... Very bad tournament for Brazil. I mean, the two-time defending champions. I mean, Brazil had a, you know, much like, you know, in 1982, Brazil had a loaded team in 66, but Brazil did not make it past the group stage. And, you know, that that particular World Cup and how things went up for Brazil, I mean, Pelé, you know, suffered an injury. I mean, the fact that in one game how he was basically... You know, heavily marked, and you know those are that sort. of a lot of uh, intentional and dirty and uh, harsh fouls on him from uh, Bulgarian and, and Portuguese defenders. So, you know, I, I could, I don't know if I should say that these players, these Portuguese and Bulgarian players, were deliberately trying to take out Pele to uh, to eliminate a threat. I mean, some people say that it was it was a deliberate. That these hits on Pele were deliberate, just to take him out of the equation, so they wouldn't have to worry about it. I mean, because Pele was such a threat, I guess. I, I guess it, I would understand why. You know, of, of course, opposing teams would want to make sure that he was eliminated from the equation. But intentionally hurting a player is disgusting. And even if that player is the best player in the world, I mean, come on, you got to accept the challenge and do do the best of your ability to stop him. I mean. When it comes to playing against Pele, if you want him to stop inflicting damage on you, well, then do something about it. But don't take the the easy and dirty way out. I mean, come on. So Pele ended up getting hurt after the first game. He did score a he did score a goal against Bulgaria, and that allowed him to become the first player to score in three three consecutive FIFA World Cups. But but because of the injuries, because he was you know co- constantly fouled by Bulgarian players, he ended up missing the second game, which I believe was against Hungary. So, so basically, Brazil lost lost to Hungary, I believe. And now Pele was not a hundred percent, but they, they he was brought back in the game against Portugal because Brazil needed the win. And this was actually a game in Goodison Park um, in Liverpool. So, so basically, now the Brazil the Brazilian team underwent a complete tactical change, but. And I, and I think there was actually a story about a, a, a Portuguese defender by the name of Jao Moraes fouled Pele, but was not given a was was not actually th- thrown out of the game. And a, a lot of people have, have spoken about. it. I mean, I, I think I think actually Steve, believe it or not, my good friend and my mentor, Mister Steve Adams, actually spoke about this uh, about this before when Pele was fouled by that Portuguese defender that should have been an automatic red, but that player w- was actually allowed to stay in the game and. And basically, Pele actually had to stay on the game because apparently back then, according to this, su- game substitutions during that time was actually not allowed. Hmm. Now, of course, in '66 that year, we, we, you know, Porto- Portugal ended up finishing third in the tournament. And of course, during that time, you know their their superstar was uh, Eusebio. So, but but then I, but but then be, because because of this, I mean, Pele actually you know vowed that he was never going to play in the World Cup again because you know. I would understand in his case, you know, being extremely upset because he was, you know, deliberately targeted by opposing players because of his stature and his skills that they had to resort to brutal and, and dirty hits just to take him out of the game. I I totally understand why Pele was pissed off. I mean, I would be pissed off, too. I would probably never want to play in the World Cup again if, if, if things like that, because in Pele's case, he was obviously worried about his health and his well-being, But I'm sure that, you know, he was obviously, you know, he feared for his life, which I totally understand. But, um, so then we kind of go to the 1970 World Cup. I mean, the 1970 World Cup, I mean, that Brazilian team is really honestly heavily regarded as the greatest Brazilian team of all time. I mean, some say the 1970 Brazilian team is a hell of a lot better than the team we saw back in 2002, the last time Brazil won the championship. So... In about 1969, when uh, the qualification was was going to start, I think Pele was actually um, was summoned to the national team, but I think he he allegedly refused or did not did not want to take part of it. Now, I'm not sure exactly what made him change his mind. One source said because of the dictatorship that apparently it. I mean, that would imagine if now if the government requested that he played. Now, now, if the case is like this, if the government had requested him to play, and if he says no, then obviously, if you cross and you know the government like that, then obviously they're going to punish you for it. Now, I kind of refuse to accept that. Now, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I honestly believe that it was the Brazilian coach and his teammates who convinced him to change his mind. And I wouldn't be surprised if FIFA officials helped him. If FIFA officials were involved in him in convincing him to change his mind. I wouldn't be surprised if FIFA officials assured him that if anybody, if any, if anybody, if any, uh, excuse me, if any player on our opposing team deliberately uh, fouled him in a, in a dirty way and injured him, that there would be severe consequences on that player. So I'd imagine that if FIFA officials were involved, they assured him that if anybody committed a dirty play on him and deliberately attempted to hurt him, that they would be punished like that. I mean, I don't know. I mean. I honestly believe that it was his teammates and the coach who convinced him to, who convinced him to change his mind. I mean, whatever the case was, he changed his mind, he played in six uh, qualifying matches, scored a total of six goals. Now, of course, of course we we would imagine the 70 World Cup would have been his last, but, you know, those I mean the the team the the 1970 Brazilian team was nothing like the one we saw previously. I mean, there was several players had retired, but there was likes so you know the, the, the likes of uh, carlos alberto torres you know Tostao, clodoraldo you know revelino jarzinho i mean a lot of players i mean you know I mean, brazil was loaded i mean there was really no way they, they there was really no way they could have uh, they weren't going to win the title so so the 1970 world cup which was in mexico and brazil ends up winning it they beat italy in the final 4 to 1 so you know, of course, you know England. England were the defending champions, and uh, I, I believe they did actually play England on, on their way to winning to winning it. So, I mean, really, huh. oh boy, like that. I, I forget exactly. if It was in the group stage when Brazil played England. Now, now. No, uh, basically it was that game against Romania when Pele scored two goals. One of them was actually a f- on a free kick, and Brazil won three to two. And basically, in the in the quarter final in the quarterfinals, uh, yeah, it, it was actually in the group stage because Pele. and imagine uh, okay in the quarterfinal because back then there was no round of sixteen, so Peru w- was was their first knockout opponent and they won, and then they played uh, Uruguay in in the semifinals so so then eventually they would uh they would actually um meet Italy in the final and you know and when pele uh you know scored you know that header you know which was you know hit which was brazil's 100th world cup goal you know there's that famous celebration when pele leaped, in, leaped into the arms of his teammate which was jarzinho and celebrating that goal so you know, of course, you know, it was all talked about, you know, for many years. I mean, recently, a lot of pictures of that particular moment, you know, it, it's considered iconic in not only soccer history, but in World Cup history, but in sports itself. So, you know, he actually provided two more assists in that goal as well. So so when Brazil won, you know, 4-1, to one, beating Italy, I mean, that was honestly the greatest World Cup that Brazil ever had. I mean, that was honestly, in my opinion, the greatest Brazilian squad that we have, that we had ever seen. So... That was it. So after that, I mean, not long after, you know, he he actually... He didn't retire immediately after that World Cup. His According to this, Pele's last actually game with Brazil was actually in 1971. I believe it was an exhibition game against Yugoslavia. So, you know, and, you know, of course, you know, Brazil, you know, with, with Pele uh, playing, you know, Brazil had a record of 67 wins with 11 losses and 14 matches. So, man... You know, I'd imagine you know when when um, when, when Brazil um, you know, when he retired from international duty. I mean, must have been a moment that was really hard to endure. But we you know, of course, we had to know that Pele wasn't gonna be wasn't gonna be with the national team forever. So, but man, man, oh man, oh man. So now we talk about um, the legacy of Pele. I mean, I'm sure I've already, you know, spoken already about it already, but you know, all the accolades. You, you, you know, it was hard to basically like to, to understand, you know, how things could have been for him had he uh, had he actually played in uh, in Europe. But um, you know, never played in the Champions League. But again, you know, that's how it, w- it was different. But you know. Kind of after going through his career, I mean, you know, all, all the years of, of the health problems, I mean, it, it, it's just for me, you, you know, when I, when I learned that he passed away, I kind of said to myself this, at least he's no longer suffering because Pele had had health problems for such a long time. Now, I think in 1977, there was a report that Pele had a had one of his kidneys removed, but uh, I don't really know what what's, what to say about that. Now I do, I'll never forget in November of 2012 uh, hearing that Pele uh, underwent a um, a hip a hip, hip operation. I think I'd imagine it must have been hip replacement, although I'm not entirely sure. But you know you know in the 2018 World Cup draw he was there alongside uh, the late Diego Maradona and, and Vladimir Putin. You know of course and he was also you know in a wheelchair. But you know and then of course you know a month later uh, those are sort of how he collapsed because of exhaustion was and was hospitalized. You know, in 2019, he was hospitalized with a urinary tract infection. And he actually, I think, went, underwent surgery to have the kidney stones removed. So, man, and, you know, and of course, in September of last year, he had a, another surgery to remove a, t- uh, a tumor on, on on his colon. And, you know, he started chemotherapy also that particular month as well. So, and then of course, you know, during the World Cup, in November, you know, just, you know, last you know, just you November know, a few months ago. He had been in the hospital because, like that, because of cardiac issues, and you know there was actually something about the chemotherapy treatment. So, I mean, I think Pele state, you know, sent a message saying that he was fine, that he was just in the hospital, but but I was just, I just had the feeling that you know something was just not right because in December, you know, he he, he basically was said that he was being treated, you know, for something else, and uh, and, th- and things were just not right. So, this was December twenty first, and then eight days later, we learned that he died. And it says because of uh, multiple organ failures... And complications of colon cancer, so... So, basically, my... My feeling of things just not being... Something just not being right... I mean, whatever, I mean... Honestly, just like I said, I mean, right now... As tragic that that, that, that it is that he's no longer with us... I say from the heart, Pele is not suffering anymore... Pele has gone to heaven... He's in a very good place... And I'll never forget that, you know, how he said that when Diego Maradona passed away, how Pele said that he was hoping to play with Maradona, you know, in the sky. You know, I am sure I'm sure that that match made that that match in heaven had already taken place. I mean, Diego Maradona with Pele playing in heaven, you know, along with, you know, numerous other soccer legends who had passed away, you know, over the years. I'm sure, I'm sure heaven has seen so many of the greatest matches of all time. So it's good to see that Pele is no longer suffering. Although from the bottom of my heart, I, ex- I send my most, my deepest condolences to Pele's family and to the people of Brazil. I'm deeply sorry for your loss, Pele. God bless and God rest his soul. <sighs> now I'm really getting emotional. I mean, everything he had, the dude had done after football. I mean. Really, Pele was just the, the kind of person that you really just could not help but respect. I mean, there was just no, there, there was just no, nothing bad about him. Really, nothing. I mean, everything. You know how he was, you know, a goodwill ambassador, and then in, in 1994, and then you know in 1990 from 1995 to 98, I think he was the Brazilian uh, sports minister as well. So. Those, like oh, in '97, he he received an honorary knighthood from Queen, Queen Elizabeth II. Man, I mean, there's just so many things about him. Now, it's it's just, I mean, not, not that he's longer with us again, you know, you know. With all the honors, and everything like that, you, you know, you, you see the three World Cup titles and all these other things. He's also won with the Brazilian national team. I mean, you, you look at all these individual awards, you know, the FIFA Order of Merit in 1984. You man, the Ballon d'Or dream team in 2020, you know, Knight of the order in 1967, I mean, look, look, look at us, it would take forever to go through everything like that. I mean, youngest player to reach five FIFA World Cup knockout stage goals, youngest player to start a knockout match at the FIFA World Cup, youngest player to score twice in the FIFA World Cup final, man... Look at all this. I mean, you look at the list of all the accomplishments and accolades, whether it's soccer related or not. The list is absolutely endless. I mean, even even had you know made some appearances in films, I, I, I think like that. So, oh boy. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, I ex- I uh, send my deepest condolences to Pele's family, to the people of Brazil. I'm deeply sorry for the loss. Never mark my words. There will never be a player quite skilled like him there will never be another Pele never I am grateful for everything that he has done not only for soccer but for this culture of sports overall Pele God bless you God rest your amazing soul you are in a good place you are with the good Lord Pele I thank you for everything Pele God bless you ladies and gentlemen Into the Net FC is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you all very, very much for joining me today, and I will see you all next time.